millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There is nothing I love more than an amazing meal with high-quality meat cooked at home because... Let's be honest, eating out is so expensive. And you also know that eating out is the number one budget buster. That is why I am so glad I found ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service dedicated to delivering high-quality, grass-fed and grass-finished beef, organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood directly to your doorstep with free shipping always. You even get exclusive member deals, recipes, and a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing price. New users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a year. Use code ETM and get $20 off your first box at ButcherBox.com. Last night, we made a beef stew with meat from ButcherBox, and you can taste the difference. It was so satisfying and delicious. And all of our friends that were over for a dinner party, they raved at how good it was. So do yourself a favor and eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the planet delivered to your door. ButcherBox is offering my listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. Three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm and use code etm to choose your free offer and get $20 off. I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money. And today, our music expert and my journalist husband, Jeff, sits down for a music chat with AJR. years of busking on the streets, add some Simon and Garfunkel-esque lyrics, fused with a millennial fresh pop riffs, doused with heavy hip-hop influence, along with a heaping serving of Ivy League brains, and you may just start to understand this indie pop standout, AJR. This band of actual brothers takes their group name, AJR, from their given birth names, Adam, Ryan, and Jack. Not only do these New York City-based dudes share an apartment in the hip Chelsea area of New York, they also record all their music in their living room. On a sunny day in Denver before a show at the Paramount Theater opening for Ingrid Michaelson, we spoke with AJR about not being famous, brunching with Sia, and their new single, I'm Not Famous. 
Okay, cool. So uh, start from the beginning. Uh, so tell me about your, your guys' career so far and, um, you know, how's it going so far? All right. Yeah, it's Ryan here. So we actually – so we've been a band for about 12 years. So we started out 12 years ago street performing uh, in the parks of New York City. Um, and so we, we went out with a ukulele and just started singing some originals and covers, and we were able to make enough money to then buy a microphone and Pro Tools and a computer and all that stuff. And we brought all that equipment back to the living room, and we've been recording and writing there ever since. So 12 years ago, why did you guys even you know, think about going into music? Yeah, so we, we grew up being such fans of like Simon and Garfunkel and Peter, Paul and Mary and the Beach Boys, a lot of these 1960s artists that are like so based in harmony and like grassroots kind of stuff. So we thought it was just kind of the, um, the obvious next step because we didn't really know anybody in the industry at the point that we decided we we're going to be a band. It, we we're just surrounded growing up in New York City by all this talent out on the street, all these street performers. So we thought, let's go out and see if anybody cares. And it turns out people cared and we were able to make a nice little amount of money. <laughs> nice. So, so what was your, your first big break then? Yeah, so that was so we we street performed for I think about seven or eight years with basically no success, and then a, a song called "I'm Ready" and we had the uh, uh, homemade uh, music video for "I'm Ready," and at some point, I guess three or four years ago, we decided to tweet it out to a whole bunch of different celebrities. Uh, so we did like at Justin Bieber and the link to the video, and one of the last ones we did was Sia. Uh, who obviously is like an incredible writer. She just did uh, Cheap Thrills, and she like writes for a lot of other artists. Uh, she actually discovered us on Twitter and and like retweeted retweeted us and stuff, and ended up reaching out to us saying, "Come meet me at my hotel in New York City." <laughs> so we went to go have brunch with Sia, and she ended up in- introducing us to different people in the industry. <laughs> that that could have gone wrong in a lot of different ways there if it wasn't Sia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's great. That's that's really that's awesome. That's that's great. So what yeah. what other kind of stuff? Uh, what other what, what other bands and singers influenced you guys growing up? And how do you guys use that today in your in your uh, sound? So our, this is Adam. Our parents introduced us to a lot of the music of the fifties and sixties as we were growing up. Like Ryan said, um, like Beach Boys, Beatles, Simon and Garfunkel. And also growing up in New York City influenced us a lot. So a lot of these bands like Simon and Garfunkel played around the Lower East Side and Greenwich Village and kind of the inspiration of writing about real things in their life um, has inspired a lot of especially our more recent music, our new EP, What Everyone's Thinking EP. Um, The lyrics are very poignant or focused around the things that happened to us in life and the experiences that we've had both in New York City and on the road. Yeah, and I think that that honesty that we were able to achieve on this EP is also really rooted in our love of uh, hip-hop, um, both modern and, and classic. I think that hip-hop is, like, in some ways the most honest genre right now where you can say exactly what you're feeling in the most blatant way, um, unrestricted by, like, needing to be uh, poetic um, or needing to fit into a certain verse-chorus-verse-chorus structure. So, uh, yeah, so I would say, like, our the combination of, like, classic songwriting with the honesty and the production of hip hop is where we get a lot of our influence. 
Right. Yeah, you, I could really kind of tell that too. And it, 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 your songs are already stuck in my brain uh, this morning too when I was uh, doing some research. So it's good. I like. I like it. it's nice and catchy and some good hooks there. Thank you, man. Uh, so, uh, are you guys surprised with, with your success that you've had in the last couple of years? Um, it's Jack. Uh, I guess, yeah, we're continually, continuously surprised. Cause like we said, we started out street performing, so we really came from nothing. So even the smallest amount of success, we're super, super grateful for. And we, and we're still learning about the industry as we go along. So we really don't know everything. So anytime we learn something new, we're just very happy and humbled. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're so fascinated by this industry too. We kind of our goal is to just learn every facet of the industry. So there's like a whole world in uh, radio promotion that the public knows nothing about, like us included. Before we learned about this industry, we kind of thought, oh, the most popular songs get on the radio, right. and it's just so much more complicated than that. Um, in terms of like, you need a whole field team, and you need to first pitch locally to local stations and then you finally get bigger stations on it if it researches well um so stuff like that is like really fascinating to us to to learn about so uh just like every day we're learning new things and are more and more surprised about this industry i mean it's it's really kind of like having your own small business isn't it it's exactly like that yeah yeah what uh what what majors did you guys all have or do you guys i know some of you guys are still going to columbia yeah, so Adam just graduated from Columbia. What was your major, Adam? I double majored in business and philosophy. And then me, I'm Ryan, and Jack are at Columbia now. We haven't declared a major yet because we keep taking off time to tour and stuff, but right. we'll just eventually. Right. That, that The whole rock star thing is getting in the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so AJR is a real catchy name, and I obviously know where you guys got it from, but how did you guys come up with it and why? So, yeah, I think it probably roots back to our love of, like, oh, yeah, it's Ryan here. Uh, roots back to our love of, like, Simon and Garfunkel and Peter, Paul, and Mary. We really like those artists that have their names in the title because it's, like, no smoke and mirrors. It's just exactly who the people are is the name of the band. Um, and so originally, I think we were originally called, like, Adam, Jack, and Ryan, and then we decided to just shorten it to AJR because, like you said, it feels snappier and probably more memorable. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think it also makes people kind of maybe investigate more. Like, okay, what's going on? Oh, wait, they're all brothers. Oh, okay, they're these are their names. That's kind of cool. So I like that. Yeah. Um, so I think your your new uh, EP title, "What's Everybody Thinking," could be the uh, title for the presidential uh, election this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, what were you guys thinking um, uh, with the name of the EP, and what's the album about? Yeah. So the the idea of the EP. It's what, it's called what everyone's thinking, and the idea is what everyone's thinking and what no one's saying. Um, so we wanted every single song in the EP to kind of be about a topic that nobody has ever really talked about before, much less sang or written about. Um, so you have stuff like uh, "Come Hang Out" is the first song in the EP. It's like uh, how'd you describe it? I guess it's it's our story over the past two years since the last time we put out a body of work, and it's kind of like the the burden of uh, an artist, kind of the burden of what you have to sacrifice in order to get your music out there. Um, and so for that one, we really want it to be blatant and honest. And then we have stuff like Week, which is our new single, where it's talking about those moments that are n- never really discussed, especially on the radio, those moments where you are faced with temptation and you give in to those temptations because we're all human and we're all weak at certain moments. 
Um, yeah, and so a, a, a bunch of other ones. There's a song about our view on marijuana legalization. There's a song about uh, just uh, insecurities and growing up. So I think, yeah, I, I think our, our goal was each song, let's, let's challenge people and have people say, whoa, I've never heard a song about that before. Right, right. Uh, what's, what's a song I'm not famous about? Um, so the way that came about was, uh, oh, it's Jack, by the way. Okay. Uh, so we had our first single like three years ago or two years ago. It was called I'm Ready. Mm-hmm. And that actually just went platinum and it had a lot of success. And when people would come up to us in meet and greets, they'd say, what's it like to be famous? And we would always say back to them, we're not famous because we genuinely thought, no, we're not famous. Like we had some success with the song, but we still had a long way to go. And uh, I came to the guys with the idea that we should make a song called I'm Not Famous, but create like uh, spin it in a cool way. Like what's uh, what are the cool things about not being famous? Like, you know, you could be your weird self. No one is judging you. And it's something that everyone can really relate to. Right, right. And it also seems like to maybe harken back to your, your days on the street, too, of, of just so, you know, being humbled and, and stuff on the streets of New York singing to people like that. Exactly. Uh, so how was it working with Ingrid Michaelson on the, the single Lotto, and how's it touring with her? Uh, it was great. She's seriously one of the nicest people and so, so talented. We have so much to learn from her. Um, but writing with her was a super easy experience. She came to our apartment. I think we wrote the song in like two hours or so. Yeah. And, uh, now on tour, it's just really fun. Her fans are really nice and we get to perform the lotto on stage with her every night, which is really fun as well. Yeah. I've cool. always wanted to write a song like that. Cause I think the process of writing an HAR song. So uh, to give you a little backstory, we yeah. write for uh, other artists as mm-hmm. well. So we've mm-hmm. written a couple of the Andy Grammer singles with him. We've written with Inger Michaelson, uh, American authors, Time Flies, uh, so a bunch of people. Um, and the process of writing an AJR song for us is really different than writing for another person because for another person, you kind of have to put yourself in their shoes and say, like, what what would Andy Grammer want to say? Like, what what is going on in his life that he wants to he wants his audience to know? And then with AJR. With this new music, it's. I think it's probably a little bit tougher for us because we're we're all about what, what can we say that hasn't been said before. So it was actually really enjoyable to put ourselves in the in the shoes of Ingrid Michaelson and kind of learn how she writes and and mm. how the lyrics kind of flow out of her. Um, it, it's it's always fun to try on those different shoes. Gotcha. Who was that just talking? Oh, that was Ryan. Okay, that's, 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 that's what I thought. I thought I was getting to know your voice already, so let's <laughs> just make sure. <laughs> um, so how did that collaboration come up with, with uh, Ingrid then? Uh, she saw our music video for I'm Not Famous. This is Jack. Okay. She saw our music video for I'm Not Famous at a uh, radio convention. Mm-hmm. She saw it playing, and she just basically said, I want those guys to open for me. Yeah, um, it's funny. She told us she had like a list of 20 bands that she was considering to open for her. And then she suddenly saw that video, and she was like, "That, that's who's going to open for me." So we're we're pretty uh, humble. Let's see, it seems like a great pair. Like like you guys would be kind of a good fit for for her kind of crowd too. Thank you. Yeah, I think her crowd is they're they're like real music lovers. It's really great to talk to them. It's not like they come to a meet and greet and all they want is a selfie. Like they really want to talk about the music and the process and the effect that the lyrics have on their daily lives. It's really refreshing. So you guys are from New York, and so you guys know, like, you know, the different shows that are like the Today Show. How was it being on the Today Show and live with Kelly? This is Adam. They were great. I mean, it was so cool to perform a song 
and then see what happens right after it and the kind of reaction we would get on social media and the sales of the songs. It's, you know, we work so hard on the music in the living room and then to bring it to a stage like the Today Show, the Today Show or Live with Kelly um, and seeing the reaction that we get, it's, it's so incredible. Like something that we made in a couple hours in the living room where we didn't even have to pay for studio space or pay for a lot of equipment or anything. And then it gets that kind of reaction. It's so great. Yeah. Also, what, what was cool is while we were writing I'm Not Famous, I remember um, we were coming up with the, the lyric uh, in the first verse, I think, uh, I'm Never on TV. Um, and I remember while we were writing it, Jack was like, and, and you know, it's going to be so ironic if we ever get to perform this on TV and I'm now singing to a national audience, I'm never on TV and we, we actually got to do it. So uh, it, it feels very cool. <laughs> that, that, that is a very cool feeling. Exactly. Uh, yeah. do, do you guys have any rituals before you guys go on stage? Um, now, I mean, we really nap a lot. Like, I think a, a nice nap before the show is really something we uh, we, we we like. We have a we have a lot of post show rituals. I think we have more post show rituals than pre show, um, which is post show. We we usually just like blast music and we're all like screaming along to. Right, right. That, that's a good one. I like that. So the music business is so different now. Um, how has YouTube and Spotify helped you guys grow your brand? Uh, and why why do you need to build your own brand as a music, musician these days? So YouTube and Spotify have been super supportive. Oh, sorry, this is Adam. <laughs> YouTube and Spotify have been super supportive of us because they have these features now, um, playlisting, where people can discover music much more easily on their own. Um, so especially with our new single week, Spotify has added it to a bunch of their big playlists like the TGIF playlist and the indie pop playlist. So we get to reach a whole different audience. And I mean, like the people who buy music on iTunes is obviously a completely different audience than the people who subscribe to Spotify. So the streaming services like have opened up our fan base to kind of this whole new world. And now something that we're working on is figuring out how to like maintain fan connections with those people who stream the songs. Mm. So they end up coming out to shows and participating in our social media conversations and things like that. But the streaming world is something that we are very interested in because um, like Billboard and RIAA have changed their certification process to incorporate streaming into certification of albums and singles. So obviously it's growing and it's, a huge part of what we do. Um, but it's something that's so important and I think it's still evolving and all artists are still learning how to kind of figure out how to make the best use of it. I think also it's, uh, this is Ryan. I think also so much streaming has kind of changed the world of music a little bit creatively because we don't live in a world anymore where the only way you can get your music is by listening to the radio where we, we live in a world where it's so easy to skip a song on Spotify that it's kind of forced everybody to up their game a little bit. And now the first 15 seconds of your song has to be unique and intriguing or else they're just going to skip to the next one. Uh, so I think, I think despite what a lot of industry people say, I think it's actually healthy and good for the creative artists because now it's, it, there's no such thing as shoving a song down people's throats anymore. It has to be a good song for it to grow organically on Spotify. Right. Well, I think my opinion, I think it's the old guard and the old, you know, performers and musicians and whatnot are saying, 
that this stuff, you don't know about this stuff. But I think you guys being from a younger generation, just know how effective you could actually make this, you know, be and stuff. So and I think even just listening to Sirius Radio, I discover so many more bands now on Sirius Radio and all the different channels than I would ever listen to the radio. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, Sirius has the freedom to basically play the music that they like, which yeah. is great because it gives newer and younger bands much more of a chance yeah yeah and i think that's what like you know guys like you guys and other bands that have been discovered on youtube or or all those different ones i think that's what fans are going oh wait this is good i like this i'm not being forced to listen to this i'm choosing to actually seek this out and listen to this right and that's such a different world i can't even imagine what it was like to (laughs) live in the uh in the 50s where you're really not sure if you like a song or not because it's it was played all summer, so you're kind of tricked into thinking you like it because it, it was on the radio. But now we're in a different world, exactly what you're saying, where it's, oh, I actually do this kind of music. This is what I choose to listen to. Right, right. So you guys have a, a DIY, DIY approach to recording your music. So where do you record and uh, what equipment do you guys use? It's Ryan here. We do... Yeah, so we make everything in our living room. We use uh, Pro Tools. We have, oh shoot, we just updated our mic. We we did our whole first album, including the platinum record, on a SM58, like a really cheap $99 mic, um, and we just upgraded. Um, oh, I, I think it's like an AKG214. Uh, I think that's what the mic we use now is. But uh, we're we're now recording in the uh, in the kitchen closet because it's slightly better acoustics in there right right uh have have, so since you guys have been making more music has your your management or anybody said you know maybe we get you guys in the studio that kind of stuff or just are you guys kind of choosing your own path it was our manager his name is steve greenberg Mm he um he was the first person that told us so while we were making all of this music in the living room Mm -hmm. for a long time we kind of thought it was they were demos that we would eventually reproduce and re go into a studio. And sure. that was kind of our, our goal. Oh, we'll get signed and then we'll recreate all of this stuff in the studio. And our manager was the first guy to tell us, no, what you're making is actually unique. It's charming in its, um, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the word. It's not like lower quality. It's like, it's just like charming. I think it's, is the best word that he used um, because it sounds different than the super polished stuff that's on the radio. Um, and so since then, we, we've all kind of accepted that when we write for other artists, we go into studios and it, it's all the professional stuff. And when we make AJR's music, we do it as um, as low budget and as unique and charming as possible. Does it feel a little bit more creative and, and, and relaxed, if you will? A hundred percent. Yeah. I think yeah. when you're when you're in a big studio, there's always like studio time mm-hmm. uh, and, and paying for that. And what's your budget and how quickly can we get this done? And that never crosses any of our minds when we're in the living room. It's just how can we make something that we would want to listen to and that is unique and will catch people's attention. Right. And you could do it in your boxer shorts. So that's good, too. So and we do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so. Uh, what advice? So, since you guys have been record, you know, uh, you know, been together for a while uh, as a band and and rec- and uh, playing on the streets and stuff like that, what advice would you give some young musicians today who have talent but have no idea how to actually start to build a career? Um, 
the thing that really helped us, I think, was social media. I think street performing really helped us kind of hone our craft in terms of performing and being comfortable in front of any audience. But it, it was social media. It was Twitter and YouTube that got us recognized in any way. Um, so I would say put out as much content as possible. If you want to start with covers, that's great. But the other thing that is, I think, the most valuable thing that that's going to be even more valuable in the next ten, five to ten years is uh, writers. Um, write write your own songs. Practice writing and and write five hundred songs, and then you'll be at a place where where you like understand kind of the formulas and and the the best way to get your ideas across. Um, I think that the age of the of the singer that doesn't write her doesn't write their own songs is kind of coming to an end a little bit because I think with social media fans can feel a really authentic connection with artists and if they find out oh that that person just had 10 writers to to write their ideas for them uh, you become less attached to the artist and I think we're seeing more and more these singer songwriters or these songwriters that now decide they they can be artists and they can step into the spotlight so yeah social media and right Right a lot. <laughs> right. I, I totally agree with you because even, even all forms of uh, whether it's country or anything like that, I, I think that's what it's really going back to is it's the singer-songwriter uh, approach is way better. Totally, yeah. Real connects to real. You, 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 I think the, the listeners are, are smart and they know when they're listening to something that comes from the heart as opposed to comes from a committee. Right, right. So once you guys started to have some success, uh, what's one of the craziest things you spent money on so far? We have not made money yet, man. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I think we, I feel like we put all the money back into the band, yeah. like into our next uh, tour and trying to get our live show to be crazier and crazier. Um, and then, uh, Adam, I guess you're kind of paying your rent now. Yeah, I pay rent and health insurance and yeah i don't know if we have a cool all the adult all the adult things that you gotta pay for right well i think that just shows what that this is like you know a fledgling and and up and coming uh small business is really what you guys are doing definitely yeah uh so uh if you guys had a crystal ball in front of you what does the trajectory of your career look like uh in the future um I really, I, I've loved the response that we've been getting from this EP because I feel like it's very different than the response we've gotten in the past. In the past, it's been all about singles. It's, it's, all, it's been about, oh, I knew your song, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And now it's really like, oh, wow, this is a, this is a real body of work that they clearly poured their hearts into this. Um, so I think I, I'm really happy with the, with the fans we've been kind of cultivating now. Um, and it seems like fans that, that are... Uh, going to really stick with us so to answer your question i think just touring as much as possible um continuing to grow in this grassroots way um and then eventually uh conquering the world and touring everywhere you never heard of me oh the weird shit i do and say that's my favorite thing that i'm not famous no and i'm never on tv growing up on an l.a street Nobody judges me, cause I'm not famous, no. Papa, right, take your daddy, no.